Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we are live, but we got to let it breathe here in the stream just for a few moments while we bring on our great Facebook community. And... We're good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, my partner in crime. You know, you love him, whether he's feeling tip-top shape or if he's a little bit under the weather. He's the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com and my fellow football priest, Zach Kelberman. Zach, hey, man, I know I can speak for everybody in saying that uh, hope you're hope you're feeling better tonight than you were earlier today. And and appreciate we appreciate you. you, you know, muscling through this thing. Yeah, I got my, you know, my sleepy time tea. It's uh, good for for my throat. If I'm okay, I'm I'm hanging in there. I'm rallying, Chad. I never want to miss a podcast, and I appreciate everyone who reached out and uh, with their well wishes, and uh, you as well, Chad. Thank you. Well, we have a few juicy topics that uh, I want to dive into, starting with <clears throat> the rumor. All right, couple things. One, I want to get to something Chris Harris Jr. had to say on Twitter a couple days ago, and then also the quote-unquote rumor about Drew Locke basically being a dum-dum, all right, for lack of a better term. Now, in case you missed it, all right, Tony Pauline, who is a longtime, um, you know, he's – I would call him an NFL insider, but most of his intelligence, Zach, that he picks up, you know, along the way comes via the pre-draft trail, whether that's attending the Shrine game, attending the Senior Bowl, in the combine and whatever pro days he can get out to, to kind of pick up the scuttlebutt from people in media, from whatever league sources he might have, whatever sources he might have at the different schools and universities. And this time of year, or I should say this year, the only pre-draft stop there's going to be is the senior bowl. And that happened. And while at the senior bowl, uh, he reported that he picked up some scuttlebutt, Zach, that Drew Locke, the Denver Broncos last year had to dumb down Dummy down, I think, was the exact phrase he used. Uh, the playbook to accommodate Drew Locke. Now, let me just tell you something real quick before I serve this over to you. The reason I have exceeding skepticism in this particular rumor, I mean, we did report on it because it was noteworthy. It's Tony Pauline. You know, he's pretty legit when it comes to, you know, he, I'm sure he heard this. I'm not saying he made this up. But the reason I take question in it, Zach, is because the people that he was likely to have engaged with in Mobile, 
were other media people from Denver. And when's the last time you heard anyone in Denver publicly, all right, say anything on the media side that Drew struggled mentally to pick up the ski? First of all, you know, usually I kind of knock the source. In this case, Tony Pauline, like you said, he's pretty legit. I've been following him for years. Uh, he used to post on a New York Jets message board, and then he kind of uh, came up the ranks. And uh, I respect what he does in the, in the pre-draft process and the news he puts out. I just kind of question, though, and of course I'll be labeled a lock stand, whatever, a lock supporter. I'll have my lock glasses on. When Mike McCoy, when he was fired, the, the main reason he was fired was because his playbook was too complex because the quarterback and the offensive players were having problems learning the playbook. If they had to dummy down the playbook, your first instinct or their first instinct is to blame Locke. But what does that say about Pat Shermer? What does it say that he had? He was hired months in advance. He knew Locke was going to be his quarterback and his playbook wasn't conducive to a young quarterback. We didn't have that problem with Scangarello. We didn't have we didn't, we didn't have that worry. We didn't hear these same stories. So if you want to crap on Locke for this, it also is an indictment, I believe, on Pat Shermer. You can't fault one without the other for last year. I just frankly, I don't really buy it, to be honest with you. Like, if there's any veracity to it whatsoever, what's up, Kathy? Good to see you. Welcome in, everybody, by the way. We, uh, we appreciate each and every one of you being with us, including – uh, what's up? Peace out. Um, we also got Muhammad, the MHH male model in the hizzy. He was here. He's here with us tonight. And he was here on uh, Kelberman's corner episode six at yes. noon today on Facebook. Hello, rock stars. What's up, Muhammad? Zach, if there's anything that gives me um, any inkling that I might believe this, this type of rumor um, with regard to, to Drew Locke having a hard time picking up the scheme, it's that there was no off season. All right. There was no training camp. So, there was no OTAs. There was no preseason. So if you're Drew Locke, the practical application of assimilating a new playbook, traditionally the way that works is your offensive coordinator gets hired, out, you know, out goes the old one, in comes the new one. You get given the playbook um, kind of remotely ASAP, and you start kind of thumbing through it, and you're using your football experience to kind of know, okay, this, that, all right, yeah, I recognize that. Oh, that's something new whatever, right? Then you get to OTAs and you start the installs, all right? In this case, the installs for the Denver Broncos offensive scheme last year started day one of training camp at the end of July, all right, the beginning of August. They had to cram, and we already heard from Pat Shermer in the middle of last season on the issue that he wasn't able to get it all installed. He could They didn't have time. They did not have time. So that being the case, I could maybe believe that there were some uh, communication issues, some whatever you want to call it, some assimilation issues. But the notion that Drew Locke is somehow in question as a quarterback, as an NFL guy, because that, that he was you know lacking the football smarts, the football IQ to assimilate this playbook because Pat Shermer's West Coast offense is just so overwhelming. I don't buy that one way. I don't doubt that Pauline talked to people in Mobile. I don't doubt that people in Mobile were crapping on Drew Locke. But let's probably try to take a guess at who these people are. These are maybe um, other media members, like you said. These are possible agents. And then when you're thinking of agents, how about an agent for Carson Wentz, an agent for Sam Darnold, an agent for Deshaun Watson? Of course, they're going to crap on the other quarterback, the counterpart, to make their own guy look good. So you have to consider the source, and you have to take everything into consideration. People see that headline. Tony Pauline here is Drew Locke, dummy down. You know, Drew Locke can't learn a playbook. They don't really take into consideration, though, 
where he heard that, who he heard it from, why he heard that. There's always two sides to a story and the truth. And Drew Locke haters, I know this for a fact because I've been dealing with this every single day on this podcast. They see one side, they're blind to the other side, and they totally ignore the truth. And they run with the first narrative that suits them about Drew Locke. There is more to this than meets the eye. Guys, we're going to continue chewing on this particular topic, analyzing it. We'll see what's on your mind. Uh, We'll talk about a little something-something our friend Chris Harris Jr. had to say, kind of laughing at Broncos country for – Getting uh, its hopes up over Deshaun Watson. Get over it, Chris. We're gonna, we're going to get to all that, but first we got to say hello to the presenting sponsor of today's show, Manscaped. Guys, 2020, it, it is officially in the rear view. Come out of quarantine, embrace the new year, new me mindset by by manscaping. All right, jump on the the manscaping train. It's the best in men's below the waist grooming, offering precision engineered tools for your family jewels, and they've helped over two million men around the world. Keep their male grooming on point. So if you maybe let yourself go a little bit in 2020 while in quarantine, or maybe you had a New Year's resolution that was kind of a failure to launch, you can still get resolved and start that today. Manscaped's here to help you do that, Zach. And they have multiple products. I'm actually double-fisting Manscaped products today, Chad. We have the lawnmower and the weed whacker. Of course, the weed whacker is used for your nose hair, your ear hair, and the lawnmower is used, obviously, on the unmentionables, your undercarriage, like Chad loves to say, but also, like I say all the time as well, your arms, your neck, your back, the parts that people actually see more often than not. And again, for anyone who goes to the gym, anyone who kind of shows their arm or their body off a little more than usual – This is a must-have. It's inexpensive. It's ergonomic. It's comfortable. It holds a charge forever, and I love that as do you, Chad, the light. Whether you're doing your neck, your arm, your shoulders, or below the belt, it is essential. I love this product. I cannot recommend it highly enough. You guys have heard me talk about the the reviver that kind of keeps certain things from, from sticking together, all right? It's very, very clutch. But here's another thing that's very convenient, all right? They call them the crop mops. All right, here's here's a practical application for where you would use a crop mop because you think to yourself, well, if you got a problem, they're hopping the shower, right? Sure, absolutely. But what if you're one of those guys whose job during the day is such that you can only get to the gym for 25 minutes of your one hour lunch and you don't have enough time because of your commute back to work to take a full shower at the gym, then get dressed, then hop back in the car and then still make it back to the to your office in time. Crop mops. All right. They, they help you with that without having to, you know, take the, the full shower when you're not in the position to do that. So there's so many different uh, products that Manscaped offers. We talk about the hits. We talk about the heavy hitters and the weed whacker and the lawnmower. But, gang, there are so many different ways to help you really take your manscaping to the to the next level. And whatever lady is in your life, trust when we say this, they're going to appreciate the effort. So right now you go to Manscaped.com. If you use the code HUDDLE, you will get 20 percent off and free shipping, your family jewels will thank you. Yes, get 20% off and free shipping with the code HUDDLE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code HUDDLE. Happy New Year to you and your best friends. All right, a lot of super chats stacking up. We're going to get to them. Let me just quickly go through this. Gang, have you followed and liked the Huddle Up Podcast official Facebook page? If you have not, you got to. Call to action right now. I'll put the link in the stream here. Go follow, like that page, because not only do we need you there helping to participate in the conversation and and whatnot, but it enters you into the drawings and the giveaways. 
We had three giveaways last week, a shirt, a mug, and a hat from people who are either liking and following uh, the page. And we're going to continue to do that, plus different polls, different contests that are going to be funneled specifically through the Huddle Up Podcast Facebook page. And it's free. It doesn't cost you anything. So head on over there. If you use your browser, it's facebook.com slash milehighhuddlepod. If not, just open up the app on your phone like 99% of people who use Facebook. Search Huddle Up Podcast. Boom, you'll find it. Like, follow. You are in like Flynn. Also, follow us on Twitter. The podcast account is at Huddle Up Pod. The main account, at Mile High Huddle. My partner, Zach Kelberman, at Kelberman NFL. Myself, at Chad and Jensen. And our producer, Buona Beast, at John K. MHH. Also, just a really gentle reminder here, gang. Check out the merch store, huddleuppod.com. Get your swag on. Get a hat. Get a tee. we got some exciting new designs coming down the pike here in the very, very near future. I think you'll start seeing some of those new designs as early as next week. So keep an eye on that. And then also, for those of you that were with us today at noon, Mountain Time, for Episode 6 of Kelberman's Corner with Zach and Kim Becker, we thank you. We appreciate your support. So many of you have funneled over there and are supporting what we're doing with this premium video content. But if you haven't done that yet, it's easy to do. Open up Mile High Huddle's Facebook page, and you'll see the big blue button that says Become a Supporter. Click that. You're in like Flynn, and if you're with us now on Facebook, just scroll to the bottom where you would type in your comment. You'll see a little green icon. Uh, Click that. Follow it through. You'll get access not only to Kelberman's Corner, but the additional video, premium video content uh, that we are crafting right now and planning, get ready to release in the coming week or two. Last thing, if you're not able to do those things, it's all good, gang. We're seriously just stoked to have you with us. We do ask that you do these three things, though. Number one, subscribe, on, especially if you're on YouTube or you know, if you're listening on Spotify or, or Apple Podcasts. Number two, like this video. Right now, we are approaching over 500 people live in this chat across all the different platforms that we stream to. If you're on YouTube or Facebook, it is imperative. We, we implore you, like this video. It helps us tremendously. And number three, the last thing is the litmus test. Guys, if we are doing a good job for you, if you appreciate the content, if you appreciate the effort, even if you disagree with some of our takes, which we expect, right, share this video out there. Help us continue to grow and reach new like-minded Broncos fans just like you. And we are growing. We are this close to crossing the 10K mark on YouTube and Facebook. We're this close to crossing 100,000 followers. So we love and appreciate each one of you. But each one of you, it's an exponential force. If you share this out there, man, it can grow all the faster. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. All right, let me see what we got here, John. Who do we have? Who's, who's been the most patient? Um, Stu Meat with the uh, super sticker. No, you're number one, dog. You're number one. Appreciate you, my friend. Really Thank good you. to see you. Uh, Stu Meat is just... 
consistent as the day is long. Love you, buddy. Always great to see you. Uh, let me see what else here. We got a newer name I don't recognize, Zach, on, on uh, Super Chat. Tinks Gaming. Appreciate that generosity, my friend. And, um, yeah, welcome. Stick around. Make sure you connect with us on Twitter because we like to shout out and kind of, um, you know, vault our, our superstars after each and every uh, broadcast. He says, do you think we should go all in on Deshaun Watson or give Drew Locke another year? Zach, it de- I guess to me it, de- it depends on your definition of all in. Right. If that means giving up, um, <clears throat> you know, if, all your firsts and seconds and thirds for the next three drafts, I'm saying no. Uh, if there's a at least slightly reasonable way to get him, okay, go do it. All right, if it's reasonable. But I just don't see there being a reasonable way, which is why my opinion remains, Zach, run it back with Drew one more year. You'll know for sure by the end of this coming season if he's the guy or not. If not, hey, you start over at the quarterback position next year and you've got your first round pick, you've got your second round pick, and you'll know. Yeah, you know, I said it on KK earlier today that, you know, it just give him the opportunity. If he's not the guy this year, then we'll be the first ones. Because, Tinks, welcome to the show. We are the two bigger Drew Lock supporters in Broncos country, and we are two of the bigger uh, advocates for not going after Deshaun Watson. If it's multiple first-round picks, second-round picks, and two players like Draymond Jones and Bradley Chubb, count me out. You're Even Mike Cliss wrote about this today. You're taking too much away from one side of the ball. You're stripping George Payton of his resources, all to add a quarterback, and the Broncos aren't, I hate to say it again, one quarterback away, even if they have Deshaun Watson as good as he is. I'm not saying this because it's what I want the Broncos to do, which is uh, you know avoid Deshaun Watson and not give up the farm. It's what I think the Broncos will do is not give up the farm, run it back with Drew Locke, add a veteran quarterback and see what happens uh real quick john my chat just did a uh jump and i am here with kev on twitch at about six twenty-seven. so uh i'll tell you where i'm at here in a minute on the superstars but oops let me grab this from kev appreciate you being with us on twitch my friend always great to see you he says how do you guys think drew is gonna walk into otas or training camp uh or yeah how do you guys think drew is gonna going to walk into otas or training camp i expect him to come in and make jaws drop thoughts so in other words, like, you know, really take um, take ownership of the offseason and, and come in with a, uh, with a mission. You know, that's assuming, Zach, that he gets to that point with the Denver Broncos in terms of do they land Watson? Do they sell out to acquire someone else? Do they tra- uh, draft a quarterback in the first round? If either of those two things happen, then the writing's on the wall and Drew's either gone as part of a trade package or, you know, he's, he understands that his, his time as the QB1 is very short-lived. So – I don't know, man. I think he's hearing all the noise. You got to expect that it's affected him in some way. I don't know, though. Is it going to be a galvanizing effect where he rises above and uses it as fuel like some of the great quarterbacks? You know, we can't say he's a great quarterback. Not even close. Not yet. So we don't know that. Or is he going to use it? Is it going to affect him in a way that, you know, he unravels and he ends up going the way of the Buffalo? Only time will tell. But I think you're going to see – I'm inclined to believe that if Drew Locke does get the chance to come back – whether that's – and by the way, I don't think you're going to get OTAs this year, but when you get Drew Locke back in, in the summertime, Zach, I expect you, I expect fans to see a much more – a very motivated, at least, Drew Locke. You know what? When it comes to the Deshaun Watson rumors and the Matt Stafford rumors, I think Locke expected the Broncos to at least do their due diligence considering how he ended last season as not the franchise quarterback. But the bigger chip on his shoulder, and I'm just guessing completely – 
It's got to be his own teammates speaking out almost against him and advocating for a Deshaun Watson. You have Kareem Jackson uh, literally campaigning and working behind the scenes to try to get Deshaun Watson intrigued in Denver, which reportedly that he is. Then you have someone like Jerry Judy, who was a rookie last year, who has no room to talk. Zero. He was dropping passes. He wasn't contributing much. And he's coming out and almost echoing the Broncos' pursuit of Deshaun Watson, that would piss me off more. That would be the chip on my shoulder that I want to thrive and motivate myself with. So when he comes back in the locker room, because I think he'll come back as the week one starter, he has to show not just the Broncos' front office, but his teammates that he was the right guy, and he'll say to all of them, let him hate. Antonio, good to see you, my friend. Appreciate you, as always. Bonafide superstar in our community and a really cute little doggy you got there in your profile pic. Antonio says, what's up, guys? I'm rooting for whoever is starting behind center, and that's Locke right now. So until he fails, I believe he can take charge. I think that's the right mindset. You know, like it locks the guy now. It's kind of like um, Dalton Reisner's reply to this very question, not last week, but the week before. It might have been last week. Off season now, everything bleeds together, but – when he said basically, Zach, that, you know, he was asked about the notion of going after Deshaun Watson or whatever. And he said, look, those are all rumors. All I can do is is uh, back my quarterback now until I can't protect or back him until that's removed from the table as an option for me. That's who I'm going to back. It's Drew. And then he went on to actually, you know, in a less generic sense, compliment Drew. Right. And then he also talked about what he wants to see from Drew uh, in 2021 and himself. He included him in that, which is taking on and and not only embracing the QB one mindset, but like, you know, really using that in terms of his leadership, right? What I say goes, I'm the QB one. It'll be interesting to see, you know, what that looks like by the time we get to training camp. Two guys have outwardly supported Locke this offseason and this infantile offseason as it is in the face of his own teammates speaking out, and that's Dalton Reisner and Noah Fant. Two of the younger starters on the offense want at least continuity to remain. But the more I'm thinking about this, the more questions we get. It was so nice last year for once not to have a quarterback controversy, competition, and it's right back to that in Denver this year, Chad. We're answering questions. We're fending off the rumors. It's like, I just want, whether it's Locke or somebody else, just give us one year of just the same quarterback and no drama. Just one. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now 
the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mike Evans, good to see you, my friend. Bonafide superstar. Bonafide MHH Mount Rushmore guy. And by the way, I did uh, get your email. I'll, I'll be replying to you here uh, in the very near future. My friend, he says, uh, if Justin Fields, the Ohio State quarterback, falls to the ninth pick in the draft, do you select him or stick with the corner or linebacker? You know, if you're saying, do do I, Zach, I'm taking the, the best defensive player on my board at pick nine. That's what I'm doing. All right, because I'm operating under the assumption if it's me, all right, I'm operating under the objective that I'm running it back with Drew. I by the, by the time I get to the draft, I've signed a free agent veteran to be the true fail safe, whether that's an Andy Dalton, whether that's a Ryan Fitzpatrick, whoever it might be. I have that guy. I'm running it back with Drew as QB one, and so what I need to do now is build the nest on the other side of the ball. There are so many holes on defense. I mean, serious holes, and that could only be exacerbated. Uh, Zach, depending on what happens with Vaughn. So I'm just taking the best-rated defensive player at pick nine. If I got to whittle it down, I'm partial, as you guys know, to Caleb Farley. But I'm not going to cry if it ends up being a Micah Parsons or even the best edge rusher on the board at that point as well. I agree with you. The The only interest I have in playing devil's advocate is how high does George Payton have fields on his big board? Because if he's getting the number three guy at number nine overall, the value of that pick might be worth it. Just like the Packers last year took Jordan Love. They had other holes on their roster. They had a quarterback. They still took one. I don't think that's going to happen, and I don't necessarily want a rookie coming in to replace Drew Locke this season. But if he's there, I'd be. I hate it if it's Mac Jones. I'd hate it if it's uh, Trey Lance. But if Justin Fields is there at number nine overall, and if George Payton has any conviction – I think uh, I think he'd pull the trigger. Just in terms of value, you'd be getting at that spot, Chad. A top five guy, almost in uh, number ten overall. Hey, real quick, from before we grab Naj there, John. I just want to say the these crop mops, Kathy. It's like you know, uh, imagine what like a baby wipe does, but it's a baby wipe for dudes. All right, active pH control as well. It's uh, handy in a pinch. Trust on that. All right, Naj. Good to see you, my friend. Love you, my friend. Seriously, Naj, you are almost every single stream. You're here supporting the cause. My only regret, I wish you were on Twitter. Other than that, dude, you are like perfect superstar. We love you. Appreciate you. He says, hey, brothers, Locke has been getting crushed from teammates to media. Been a brutal offseason. Reminds me of what happened to Vaughn after the Vic Fangio criticism. The worst year of his career I hope Locke can handle this and persevere. So let's rewind the tape. What Naj is getting at here is, and we criticize this, you know, Vic comes in, he's at the podium. I'm the new head coach, his introductory presser. What about Vaughn? What do you see from Vaughn, coach? Oh, I think Vaughn's really good. And I think, you know, there's, to, to paraphrase him, right, there's, he can be even better than he's been. At this point, he's already got a Hall of Fame resume. And he's saying, I think he can be even better. And then Vaughn Zach goes on, proceeds to have, arguably the worst full season of his career, just in terms of statistical production. Like he still had the pressures. Those, that volume of pressures was still up there where you kind of expected to see from, from Vaughn. But the overall impact and how it came out in the wash just wasn't there. He only had eight sacks. And when the chips were down and you needed that crunch time Vaughn Miller moment, they were few and far between. 
So that's what Naj is getting at. Is that going to sim- similar effect where there was questions about Vaughn in the offseason leads to a down year? Is that what you expect to see from from Drew? I, I, you know what? Considering when he did have his bad games last year, you have to wonder how much lower he can sink. But this is the same trope for every single Broncos player. When the Broncos drafted Cortland Sutton and Sutton started beasting, it was get rid of Demarius Thomas. When they signed Melvin Gordon last year, it was get rid of Philip Lindsay. Now it's get rid of Drew Locke. It's just the, the vacillation of the Broncos fan base is constant chat. It might have a, a an encouraging, motivating effect, a galvanizing effect. It might put Drew Locke in the tank. I don't think it's going to be the latter. This is not a mentally weak individual or quarterback. It's not a Paxton Lynch. If there's one guy with enough emotional strength to overcome all of this, all of this, the people speaking out, the rumors, the speculation, I believe it is number three. Michael, and by the way, John, yeah, we do need to grab Zeus next if possible. Uh, Michael, good to see you, my friend. You have really come on strong of late, and it's been great to see you and get to know you a little bit in these chats. So keep it coming, my friend. We appreciate you. He says, in your opinion, who was better uh, in 2000, I think? Uh, Rod Smith, Ed McCaffrey, Shannon Sharp, that trio, or the 2014 trio of Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, Julius Thomas. By the way, Ed McCaffrey, my favorite Bronco of all time. Hashtag stiff arm goat. You know – I got to tell you, the the biggest problem here is that in 2000, that was a great trio. That would be my my personal emotional answer would be the trio of 2000. But what separates 2014 from 2000 is the quarterback. In 2000, it was a it was a combination between Brian Greasy, who had a solid year as the uh, you know he was expected to be at that point anyway, the successor to John Elway, and then Elvis, uh, not Elvis, was it yeah it was Gerbach no. No, no, no. Gus Farrat. Excuse me. Gus Farrat. So it was it was uh, Greasy and Farrat. That co- the QB combo, I'm sorry, just does, doesn't approach Zach Peyton Manning 2014. Right. Still in that epoch, you know, still at the top. Didn't start coming down until the tail end of 2014 and then hit the wall in 2015. Yeah, I was 11 in 2000, so my football memory is a little hazy. But any team that has Peyton Manning and put up those Star Wars numbers, Chad, with those, that trio, I'm taking that guy any day, that team any day. But listen, one of my most, I mean, I think I speak for a lot of fans, especially fans who were either teen or older in the 97 Super Bowl, Super Bowl 32, that shot of Ed McCaffrey laying that block on the Packers linebacker. And literally as the dude is going to the ground, you can see especially it's especially just juicy uh, and delicious and slow-mo as Ed puts the finger in his face, like, got you like this as the dude's like totally blown up and falling on his back. But yeah, shout out to, to Ed. Zeus, Zeus, there he is. Talk about a superstar. Talk about the first face etched up there on MHH Mount Rushmore. Love you, bro. Good to see you. Hello to you. Hello to yours. And by the way, still wondering, when can we get you back on the show? We have uh, the next few weeks kind of booked out with some superstars that we're really excited about, including this week we have JT from the UK on uh, Wednesday. But Zeus, you tell us what works. We'll put it uh, a plan in place. Doesn't necessarily have to be a Wednesday if Wednesdays aren't good for you, but we definitely want to get you back on the show. So holler. Yeah, thank you, Zeus. I hope you've had a nice Valentine's Day. I mean that totally platonically. I hope you had a nice first Sunday without the NFL. I know, Chad, I was struggling today. I'm going through withdrawals already. It's only the first Sunday, but uh, we'll get through it. And it's with support like Zeus that we will. So thank you, Stu. Uh, Real quick, John, I'm going to grab this super that that I've got in the chat, but we need uh, Levi, Rogue Theory, Mr. Ranch, and then we're going to be concurrent with where I'm at. 
meantime, let's grab uh, Rogue Theory. Good to see you, my friend. Coming on strong, definitely of late. And it, yes, it was great to connect with you, my friend. He says, hey, gents, uh, great to connect on Twitter with you guys. Uh, seeing that we are supposedly pushing for a two-year, $10 million deal with Dalton. Thoughts? Hashtag Huddle Up Squad. Appreciate that, my friend. Yeah, that one's kind of, uh, we, we, you know, that's kind of not old news, but I think it was pro football focused. Zach, you had the article yep. about uh, they they predicted, they forecast that the Broncos give him a, Andy Dalton, that is a two-year, uh, $10 million deal. I still think that's a very likely connection, Dalton to Denver, but I'm guessing he's going to command more than $5 million a year. Maybe. Yeah, it depends how how warm his market is. We got a question on KK today about Andy Dalton, what his status is. I have not heard anything. I know he's not coming back to Dallas. Um, I think he is a good option for Denver because he won't break the bank and he can keep them competitive. He's a better quarterback than I think most people realize. I would do it for... Six, seven, eight million dollars for a two-year deal. I really wouldn't go higher than that, Chad. Ten million a year. I think that's a little too pricey for him if it comes to that. But, but at least he would be a true fail-safe. You know, someone you could right. count on if either Drew gets hurt again or doesn't turn the corner like you thought. Uh, Leroy on Facebook, appreciate you, my friend. I'm gonna just flash in and then read this on the side here. He says, "I was looking back at Drew Lock games in 2020, and I was impressed with some of his passes and touchdown throws." With better play calling and balanced offense, I think we got something. Plus, get some more studs on defense, and we will be at least competitive and win more games. I mean, guys, you got to remember, a big part of why so many fans have become disillusioned on Drew is the QB envy that exists in the NFL. And it's part of it's just part of being a fan in the league. You go, all right, rationally, logically, you go, I can understand why Drew didn't take that quantum leap forward in year two like we expected because there was no offseason. There was no preseason. It was a new coordinator. You start, you lost this number one wide receiver, but then all of a sudden there, that's the angel on the shoulder on one side, and then the devil on the other side pops in. Here's where the QB envy starts and goes, yeah, but what about Justin Herbert? He's a rookie, brand new, first-year scheme. He didn't have uh, offseason. He didn't have camp. He didn't have, or he didn't have preseason. Hits the ground running, you know, and so then you start going, well, yeah, if, if Herbert could succeed in his unique situation in time and space, I got to hold Drew Locke to that exact same standard. But the problem is it's not apples to apples. It's apples to apples in that they're both young quarterbacks. It's apples to apples in that they're both uh, we're, we're learning a new scheme in a pandemic-influenced season, Zach. But where the apples to apples comparison diverges is the coaching staff and the environment and the team surrounding Drew was very different than the coaching staff and team and supporting cast around Herbert. Perfectly said. And uh, all those things that worked against Locke, not to make excuses, but it's facts, those were outside third-party circumstances that Drew Locke had no control over. Justin Herbert had a fine season last year. He was a a more highly rated draft prospect, though. I believe he was in a better position. You can talk about Anthony Anthony Lynn all you want, but he just got an offensive coordinator job, so he has still some cachet in the NFL. I just think if you give him one more year, Locke, when – Give him Cortland Sutton back. Let him go behind this offensive line where right tackles hopefully solid. He's not running for his life. He has a good running game, and he'll have a defense because the Broncos will keep their draft picks, Chad, and they keep their cap space. They can build the team around him like we were all praising Elway for doing last year, building the defense, the trenches, the receivers. They can do the other thing on defense now because that will make the offense better, and if the offense is better, Drew Locke is better. That's what all Broncos fans should want to see, regardless of the quarterback, the Broncos getting better and the Broncos being better in the standings. 
Well said. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Levi, bona fide superstar, also a supporter on Facebook, was there for Kelberman's Corner today. Yeah. Great to see you. He says, um, and by the way, really appreciate you, my friend. He says, like I said in Kelberman's Corner, if not a Watson, or excuse me, if not Watson, run it back with Locke and grab a veteran. It's naive to think Locke won't be better. I mean, seriously, even if Zach, and thank you, Levi, great points there, my friend. Look at it like this. What's up on uh, on Twitch, Shrek-tastic03? Uh, look at it like this. Even if, and it's looking like there's the NFL PA is going to rage against any OTAs this year, owners will still try to preserve some semblance of a preseason if they can, but you can pretty much guarantee almost that there aren't going to be any OTAs. So throw that out for now. You get Drew Locke back in the saddle with uh, Pat Shermer, with Mike Shula, Somewhere end of July to start training camp. We'll see what happens with preseason. But even if there is no preseason, Zach, he's this will now have been his second camp with Shermer. And all those reps, all those live bullet reps that he played through last year in his starts as the Broncos quarterback, I got to assume, I got to assume, all right, just based on what we know about this kid. And there's a historical precedence for what I'm about to tell you that he will show at least a modest improvement. The last time he had coaching continuity as a quarterback in college or NFL, it was from his sophomore to junior year. And you want to talk about a quantum leap? That junior year is the year he set all the SEC records, including most touchdown passes in a single season, which was you know broken just two years ago by uh, Joe Burrow. The thing is, Locke, haters and detractors, they should actually be happy if the Broncos run it back with Locke for 2021 because he'd be out of excuses. Literally no more. The coaching, uh, the continuity, the injuries, the pandemic, this would be all on Locke to sink or swim on his own. And if he doesn't, and the and the Drew Locke haters think they're right about him, they have all that ammo. They have all that reason to brag, Chad. And I understand you don't like the quarterback, but at least, again, if he thrives or if he busts, you have to give him a definitive third year where things are level to see what he can do. If you 
If you don't, you're always left wondering what he could be. And I'll say again, Chad, if the Broncos were to cut short the lock experiment, if they were to land a Sean Watson, which I think is unrealistic and naive that they will, you can guarantee he will go to a better offensive system and he will thrive in his second stop. I know the Broncos. I mean, look, just based on what Mike Kliss has reported, all right, Broncos are terrified of the notion of, if they use Drew as part of any kind of package to acquire a quarterback, they're terrified that he'll leave the the Broncos cocoon and go somewhere else and succeed because they believe that he can. That's why they're scared because then there's blowback. Then it makes them look bad. And then there's no guarantee that if it is a Deshaun Watson, that he's going to come to Denver and succeed. Now I'm inclined to think that you would have at least some short-term success with Deshaun. Uh, I do see him as a, as a top five quarterback in the league at best top 10 at worst. But at the same time, that's relative because Peyton Manning was a top five, top 10 guy back in the day. And, you know, it took him some time to figure out how to, and they put the pieces around him offensively as, as far as the skill positions, but it took him time to figure out that, look, I have to. The reason Peyton Manning basically rewrote how NFL offenses work in the league, the Star Wars numbers, all that, the reason that happened is because they did not have a defense. He had to, Seriously, score, 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 score in order for the Colts to have a chance. And eventually he was that glue that allowed, you know, he could, he was so good that he could overcome and cover those different roster holes, even on a different unit, even if it was on the defensive side. And I'm just not sure, Zach, Deshaun Watson is that quarterback yet. I, de- I am inclined to believe that he can, he'll eventually be that guy for some team and maybe it'll be the Broncos. I doubt it, but I just don't, I'm just not sure yet. Mr. Ronch, by the way, Appreciate you, my friend. He says, we gave Brian Greasy four seasons, Kyle Orton two. However, Broncos country can't be bothered to let Locke develop. Shake my head. I feel you. You know, here's the thing. I see some comments that are saying, you know, Deshaun Watson is so much better than Locke. No one is disputing that. No one is saying Drew Locke is better than Deshaun Watson, but Deshaun Watson is not as good as Peyton Manning. So unless you put a Peyton Manning on this 2021 Broncos squad, you're not going to win a title. They're not going to win a Super Bowl if they have Deshaun Watson this year in Denver. Like Chad said, they will be better. They'll probably make the playoffs. But unless you win a title in the first two years, preferably in year one, the trade will go down as a bust. And it's only a matter of time before that snowballs. He's had playoff success for the most part in Houston, and he wants out. So what really could he love about being in Denver if he comes here, forces a trade, and all this hype and all this attention's on him, and he doesn't deliver again. It's going to be the same situation playing out. They are not that player away from winning a Super Bowl because Deshaun Watson, he's not Mahomes, and he's not Manning. Top five quarterback, that's where I'm going to draw the line. So here's uh, Kevin Lopez saying that uh, Drew Locke has no leadership skills. All right, that's a, that's a, that's a bold take. All right. I won't necessarily call it a hot take, but tell me where you're getting your information. All right. Tell me what that what that's based on. All right. Because I think Drew Locke and Zach and I talked about this on the show uh, immediately following the Dalton Reisner remarks. Again, it was either last week or the end of the week prior. But we said that, look, we would have liked to have seen Drew be a little bit more of an outspoken, obvious, you know, out in front kind of raw, raw leader than what we saw in his second year. But I do think that he has that in him. Like he has leadership traits. He can be that leader. He is that leader. Look at what he did at Mizzou. And I think one of the big reasons, the factors behind not seeing Drew suddenly in year two, 
you know, be the second coming of, you know, whatever great leader, Brian Dawkins or DeMarcus Ware. The reason you're not seeing that from Drew in year two is, number one, he gets kind of the um, interruption in the entire, uh, what do you want to call it, the entire upswell of his what he's trying to achieve with Pat Shermer when he gets the injury in, in week two. That throws him off course. He doesn't know which way he's up. And then when he comes back, you know, it's a it's one of these. It's up and down. And if you're not producing on the field in terms of results in the standings as a quarterback, it does make it, Zach, a little bit harder to assert yourselves, yourself in all aspects of the team as a leader if you're not getting it done in the standings. And I think that's probably a big thing that held Drew back from really being able to step into that role more in his second year. But that's not to say, Zach, that it can't happen or won't happen in year three. I mean, define leader, though. What does it mean to be a leader? Does that mean, you know, commanding the troops on the field? Does that mean holding down the quarterback position? Does that mean just winning? Because last I checked, football is a team game. It's 11 versus 11. But we've seen no sideline disputes with Drew Locke and his teammates. We've heard nothing outwardly about Drew Locke. This is the first, Chad, this dummying down of the playbook. This is the first nasty criticism I can remember of Locke in recent times. We haven't had a teammate come out and badmouth him like Carson Wentz and all, and all those other quarterbacks you read about in the NFL. Yeah, he's had his struggles for sure. He's not a perfect quarterback. He's not even a franchise quarterback. But leadership, I think that's one of his strong suits. He has the mental tenacity to win over the respect of the locker room and a lot of the same Broncos fans a lot of the people that are responding to us now were lock fans this time last year it's amazing what changes when Deshaun Watson becomes available but leadership I think that's actually one of his uh, bigger selling points here's one from Bradley Dunton good to see you my friend on YouTube he says what do you guys think of this George Payton explores all options pokes around maybe feigns interest in order to drive the other team's costs up. Like, in other words, George Payton's playing 4D chess, just trying to, you know, uh, it's a race to the top, right? Trying to create as much value in the quarterback market as possible. I see what you're saying. I just don't think it's – I don't think he has the time to really worry about that. I think he's more focused on putting food on the table today. Right, unless it's a team that's in direct competition with the Broncos. In the Broncos division or a team that's going to play the Broncos, but the only competitor that's in the division for Deshaun Watson is the Raiders, and we haven't heard much rumblings there, but I'm with you. He has way bigger fish to fry than to think about playing 40 chess with the rest of the league. Uh, John, just real quick, my stream just did a jump, and so we have MH here, MH Exotics, but let me tell you what the stream jumped in the in the interim. Uh, we went from... Uh, Mr. Ronch, we need Levi's second, Burn, the guitarist, Josh Shadow, Fat Cats, Steve, Hearn, Michael, Blue Raw, and then we would be current. So just a few names to start queuing up. MH Exotics, Zach, this is a name I don't recognize on Super Chat. So welcome. Welcome. Thank you, my friend. Make sure you connect with us on Twitter. It says, I love Locke, but Watson can raise all ships and also gives the next 10 to 15 years to build behind him. And I'm sorry, Locke will never be Watson. I get it why you might have that opinion. I do. I just, <clears throat> look, with very few exceptions, I try not to use absolutes when it comes to football because I've been burned before. Never is an absolute, all right? I just, I can't go there. With regard to Watson, Zach, uh, can he raise all ships? I would agree with you that from day one, he would, you would see the production of that offense climbed significantly just day one, right? You'd see instead of let's like, if you plugged Deshaun Watson in that offense last year, all right, the supporting cast, Cortland's hurt, 
uh, week two, whatever that was. It's Jerry. I'm guessing Jerry gets over a thousand. All right. I'm guessing Noah comes close. I'm guessing KJ has himself, you know, five, six, seven hundred yard season. I think you would have seen the production. I think you would have seen the Broncos be in more games in terms of some of those games where it got out of whack, like the Raiders on the road that that week, things like that. But I'm not sure, Zach, because of the the absolute just decimation of the injury bug on the defensive side, it would have altered the the script. I still think even if you put Deshaun on this team in 2020, at best you're six and ten, seven and nine, which is still nowhere close to the playoffs. It's an interesting phrase to use with Deshaun Watson, raising all ships considering he's forcing himself out of a franchise right now. You can argue that he's actually sinking more ships than raising them. But to the point of the question, we don't know what Drew Locke is. That is the whole point of what we're trying to say here, at least what I'm trying to say, is give him his third year and let him either sink or swim on his own volition. Right now, we don't know. He hasn't hit his ceiling yet. We all know Deshaun Watson, yes, top five quarterback, I don't think 15 years of competing. I mean, he'd be 40 years old. I think that's a little optimistic. But we don't know what they have in Deshaun Watson yet in the Broncos. It could be a bust. He could be the next, you know, Johnny Manziel. He can flame out of the league real quickly this year. But at least let him get that opportunity. Let it play out. That's all we're advocating for. Levi, again, thank you, my friend. Uh, and by the way, Levi, get back to us on if you want to come on the show. Have a superstar, uh, superstar segment for Levi. He says, um, <clears throat> excuse me, can we get a four horseman pod with Chad, Zach, Nick, and Luke? Hey, uh, maybe we can do something like that for a, uh, you know, for a supporters impromptu type session. But we'd have to come up with a, an interesting topic, an interesting, like, you know, dynamic, whether we're arguing about something or, or what. But we'll look into that for you, Levi. I was going to say it's more like a two-on-two tag team match than it is a four horsemen because you and I, Chad, are lock supporters, and them two, I believe Luke is, and Nick is a lock detractors, though. So maybe like yeah. a little debate show. That'd be interesting. That might be fun. Good idea. Good idea. We'll uh, we'll keep that. John Rolodex, that idea. huh? Maybe we'll, we'll pursue that. Uh, Tim, I don't know where this keeps coming from, Zach, the idea of Alex Smith yeah. as a backup. Because I'll tell you where. He, he's – He's under contract. So, Tim, excuse me, Tim Jones on Facebook, thank you for the question, though. Thanks for being with us. It comes out of Broncos Country's collective butt. And it's something that <laughs> it's something that Kim Kim Becker mentioned on KK a couple episodes ago that literally any quarterback that, that is available or semi-available or says they want to play this year is connected to Broncos Country. Great story last year. I wish Alex Smith nothing but the best, but he is not the guy they need in Denver right now. So. I think we can drop that. Our friend Chris Blue Raw, appreciate you, my friend, Bonafide Superstar. He says, are you guys going to the draft this year if it's open? Where is the draft this year? Cleveland? No. And I don't think it will be open. Is it not? No, I'm not saying no to Cleveland. I'm uh, saying, no, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go to, to Cleveland. But um <laughs> we we do have some plans dialed up. Hopefully the uh the pandemic will ease a little bit in terms of the restrictions and whatnot. And by the time we get to summer, I think the spring and the NFL offseason calendar of the springtime area, area uh, I think that's going to be blocked off to us. All right. But I think by the time we get to summer, I'm hoping, I'm praying, all right, that we'll be able to maybe do some get togethers and have some fun there. But uh, I don't think so. And then Zach, here's from Burn the Guitarist. Good to see you, bro. Hey, guys, I was hoping to get your take on who is saying these rumors and who is benefiting from them. So the the topic of the Drew Locke, thank you, Brendan, the guitarist. Who is saying the rumors about Drew Locke having a hard time assimilating the scheme? 
again, just because I've, I've covered the senior bowl and I know, you know, when you're there, Zach, you've kind of hit on something that uh, I thought was interesting. Talked about, all right, who were, who benefits, right? Um, think of who the culprits could be through that lens. So you're kind of re- reverse engineering it. Maybe agents and agents go to the senior bowl, not only as a show of support to any senior that they've already signed, but prospective seniors who are yet to sign as a recruiting kind of, hey, look at me, I'm here. I mean, when I was there in 2015, I saw Drew Rosenhaus. I saw several, several, and talked with several, several um, of the upper echelon type agents. So it could be agents. But honestly, my take on this, and I'm not naming names because I don't know, I don't have a name for you, but my guess in a general sense is this was something that Tony Pauline picked up from a, a Denver local Denver media person that was there that maybe heard that or maybe whatever that passed it on to him. That that would be my read. And so who benefits? I mean, I don't see a conspiracy in it so much as I do just like an unfortunate way that it's it's unfolded. Tony Pauline benefits from that, Chad, because we already wrote an article right. about it. We already linked to him. We gave him the hits. We're talking about him right now. He Pro Football Network, which I believe he works for, they benefit and he benefits from that. And you know, it could have been we talk about all the time how clueless the national media is. We even have a shirt that says let him hate because of the national media's ignorance and ineptitude when it comes to covering the Broncos. So why are we surprised right now that we're hearing something negative about Drew Locke that might not be true? The national media, Tony Pauline included, he's part of that, really has no real bead on the Broncos. They don't watch them day in and day out. They didn't see Drew Locke's improvement. They didn't see the steps and the growth he did take in the second half of the season. So I respect Tony Pauline as a reporter, but this particular report I'm taking with a big grain of salt, Chad. Me too. Uh, Joshua, good to see you, my friend. Again, another guy that's here with us tonight in the, in the chat, showing some love on Super Chat. Also there for Kelberman's Corner as a Facebook supporter today at noon. Really appreciate you, my friend. Um, he says, two years, four touchdown, uh, 44 touchdowns in Missouri. I don't love Locke. I also don't hate him, though. I'm just tired of all the losing. Hope you feel better soon, of course, for Zach there. Thank but, you, Josh. Yeah, so that was his um, – was that the was that the season? Was that his junior year? Was it the 44? I'm not sure on that. But, but yeah, it, how could you hate Drew Locke? Like, what has he done? Dude, he was, he was more of a product of just that screwed-up year. And the – and he was a victim of it, too, in terms of the injury bug and the way the pandemic affected injuries and stuff like that. So, I don't know, man. I'm still inclined to – to run it back one last time, then you'll know. Then you'll know on Drew. And it, and you know what? Even if it's a you run it back with Drew and he gets hurt again because this two years in a row, two injuries that cost him time, that's another resolution. Now you know he's injury prone. We can't count on him. That's it. We got to move on. But at least it's a resolution. It's it's more evidence. It's more you know um, hits on the uh, empirical trail of trying to determine were we right about this guy? Like did we have the bead on Drew Lock? when we got him at pick 42 in the second round. First of all, I totally agree with the tired of, of losing and all that and the frustration. I, I completely understand. It's a very proud franchise, an illustrious franchise. The Pat Bowlin standard seems like it's no more. So I totally get that. But we've heard nothing. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. 
Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Of the sort about Locke in his two seasons with the Broncos so far, this is the first really bad comment that's been publicly stated about Locke. I have to wonder, though, Chad, how come no other media reported this after the season? How come Tony Pauline, of all people, was the one to get this scoop? Not Mike Kliss, not Rappaport or Schefter. It happened to be this in a very specific, very controlled atmosphere. Like we mentioned, the people, the clientele that peruse the Senior Bowl, it's not very favorable to uh, players that don't have the household cachet or that were struggling last year. So, again, big grain of salt. Well said. Uh, yeah, at least Drew kept it interesting, to, to your point, Kev, right? Uh, all right, we got one here from Fat Cats. Good to see you, bro. And we're at the 50-minute mark, so we better we better um, kind of fast-track these remaining supers. And thank you guys for your patience. We, you know, Those of you who have been waiting to get your super read or answer, your question answered, we, we appreciate you. Fat Cats, he says, man, the hit for Locke is running high tonight. Why aren't we so quick to call the coaching staff to be gone then? Yeah, usually, Zach, it kind of shakes out like this. <clears throat> if you're inclined to give Drew Locke the benefit of the doubt, um, you're probably more inclined as well to give Pat Shermer a little bit. Of, like myself, I'm inclined to give Pat Shermer the benefit of the doubt because he, too, was influenced. His ability to really fully um, capitalize on his first year as the new offensive coordinator was also very, very much so impacted by the pandemic. I'm inclined to give him both benefit of the doubt, but – if you're a Drew hater, the funny thing about that is you you will crucify Drew and completely omit Pat Shermer from that equation is what I have found. And look, I think uh, if that's you, if that's your opinion, you got to seriously take a look at that and, and figure out kind of the, um, you know, the rational disconnect there because there is one. Yeah, that's a great point I wanted to make earlier. It seems like the people who want Deshaun Watson are perfectly fine keeping Pat Shermer, and they're pretty much admitting that last year was solely on Drew Locke. It was 100% his fault and 0% Pat Shermer. I don't know, even the biggest, staunchest Drew Locke hater can watch the games last year and not see Pat Shermer was holding the entire team back, the entire offense, not just Drew Locke. 
But yeah, if you bring in Deshaun Watson here, you're saddling him with a play caller that stuck in 2006. How do you think that would go? This is exactly why we've been preaching status quo for a while. When they kept Pat Shermer, when they kept Vic Fangio, it was an indication that Drew Locke was at least coming back on the roster next year, let alone to be the starting quarterback. It is mostly going to be a year of status quo. This is, again, why we're the only ones, Chad, in the media landscape in Broncos country who are not saying, trade everything, trade the farm, trade the farmers, trade the tractors for Deshaun Watson. It's not very feasible in reality when you take a look at the Broncos from an objective point of view and take those glasses off. Steve Hearn, appreciate that super chat, my friend. Make sure you connect with us on uh, on Twitter, and if there's a question you have, we will keep an eye out for that. Uh, here's one from Tyler Randall, who has rapidly become a superstar here on the Huddle Up podcast and at MHH. Really appreciate you, Tyler, because I know you've been on the other shows too, supporting those and participating in those conversations. So we see you. We appreciate you, my friend. He says, honestly, I don't have an issue if the playbook was dumbed down due to having the pandemic because a massive transition issue. Pat did not care if Locke fit the system and tried to force a round peg into a square hole. Yes. This is true. Like no matter what your view of Drew or Pat is, who can deny at any point watching Broncos offensive football last year, that Pat Shermer really struggled to scheme and cater to his players. I say that collectively, not just Drew, Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay, uh, Jerry Judy, Noah Fant, all the skill positions, he really struggled with that, Zach. So you don't think that would have an effect on Drew? If if you acknowledge that that you think Pat Shermer could have done a better job of scheming to his player strengths, Drew Locke's not included in that? He tried to put a square peg into a Keenum-sized hole, and and Drew Locke is not Case Keenum. And Case Keenum is the only quarterback that experienced any sort of career resurgence under Pat Shermer. You can look at his resume. He gets a lot of credit, Chad. Uh, He's the only guy there. I I, I just – how many times did we scream at each other and the television for the Broncos to run a screen pass, a jet sweep, something in the 21st century, not in the medieval archival times of the NFL? That's all Pat Shermer did. He is not conducive to success in today's NFL. It doesn't matter the quarterback, Chad. When you ignore your best weapon, a Noah fan, when you don't throw the ball to Philip Lindsay, when you don't throw the ball to Jerry Judy, that is an outward problem. And I saw a comment that said, Locks. His turnovers last year don't get talked about. What? That's all that gets talked about. But how about this? Because I see that comment was defending Pat Shermer and blaming Drew Locke. How about the times where Pat Shermer would tone deftly dial up a deep ball after the Broncos turned it over, and he would go back to the well and force Locke to pass 45, 50 times? I'm not denying that Locke had a big hand in last year, but to say that Pat Shermer is blameless, that borders on delusion to me, plain and simple. Michael jumping in again. Thanks, my friend. Appreciate you. He says, I met Elway at quarterback in 99. Okay. I was going to say, as I started thinking about that more, I can't be certain that I know Shannon wasn't on that 2000 um, Broncos team because he was winning a Super Bowl with the Ravens. Did I think 99 was Ed's last year or was it 2000? I'd have to double check on that. But if it's Elway and that trio versus Manning and that trio, I'll, I will side with the 99 trio. Uh, Chris, again, appreciate you, bro. He says, I feel like Locke works really hard on knowing the NFL playbook versus what Paxton did. It's hard without consistency. Yeah, you don't want to use Paxton as any kind of comparison <laughs> point because you want to talk about dumbing down the entire conversation. Yeah, you de- definitely don't want to, uh, you know, uh, use Paxton in any kind of let's compare Drew because then you're really going off the rails. 
unless we're talking about Fortnite, then he's totally appropriate, Paxton Lynch. But other than that, yeah, he's the what's the opposite of the gold standard? The bronze <laughs> standard? The crap the, standard? I don't know. The barter standard, right? Yeah. Back in the day. All right, let me see where we're at real quick as we're at 56 minutes. And it's so great to see each and every one of you in the chat. And we appreciate you all being with us here tonight. And it's kind of, you know, when we start letting our hair down and talking about Drew Locke and these kind of issues, emotions can run high. But everyone's got to remember, we're all in this for the same purpose. And that is we all want to see the Denver Broncos turn the corner and return to being a competitive juggernaut in the NFL and even though we might, some of us differ on how the best way to, what the best way is to get there, just remember that we all have the same objective in mind here. Uh, John, I've got this one from Will, Willie. I know you had it queued up, but appreciate you, Willie. Good to see you, bro. He says, these fans couldn't wait for Watson either. So, you know, I guess saying maybe like if Watson was struggling and the shoe was on right. the um, you might there might be some truth to that, but Zach, I think as I as I grab the next super here, I think one of the things that people have to keep in mind that feeds into this is the fact that, you know, back in the 2000, when Brian Greasy in 99 and 2000, when Greasy was taken over for a retired John Elway, you know, yeah, he got four years and, and was found wanting. Mike Shanahan ultimately said goodbye and went and signed Jake Plummer, and they ended up going to the playoffs three years in a row. But back then, Zach, it took – four years to even know what you had in a quarterback. Oh yeah. That's not the case so much this year or this time, uh, you know, in this era, because so many quarterbacks now are coming out of the box, out of the draft, out of the box, boom. And, and just dropping knowledge on the league that you can't, I understand you can't afford to linger too long if you know the answer. And so if George Payton is already certain Drew ain't it, then okay. Hey, go do what you got to do. If you really believe Drew's not it. But if you're not sure or you still hold out hope that he could be it, if it's, you know, I still think just based on what we've seen, there's been enough there to justify running it back one more year. And by the way, Mark, love you, bro. Good to see you. He says, what's up, my guys of Broncos country? Hashtag huddle up pod. Hashtag football priest. Thank you, Mark. Yeah, it used to be, Chad, is to give a prospect three years before you can even grade them. And especially for quarterbacks and especially for raw quarterbacks. But in today's day and age, it just, it goes beyond even the NFL or sports. People want instant results. No one even has the patience anymore to pick up a newspaper. Everyone goes on Twitter and wants in that second real time. They want results. They want, they want instant. You know, instant mashed potatoes instead of actually taking the time to peel the potatoes, make it themselves, and have a homemade recipe. That's what would be with Locke. We all, or not we all, but most of Broncos country wants to sell the farm and literally everything on it for Deshaun Watson instead of maybe giving the guy who's already in place one more year instead of not reaching for the instant, giving a little patience and a little time to the equation and see what happens. I understand it to a point, Chad, but it's getting to be where people hate Locke more than they like the Broncos. And that's what doesn't sit right with me. I don't understand it. I really don't. I mean, I could understand the Paxton Lynch hate because the dude was just one six foot seven walking, you know, Bust. giraffe of incompetence. All right. I get that. But Drew, man, like, I don't understand some of the hate. But Muhammad, good to see you again, bro. Appreciate you. He goes, Pat Shermer's playbook is not complicated at all. Even a two year old can figure it out. <laughs> I don't buy it. I mean, that's a little hyperbolic. I get what you're saying. Here's one thing to keep in mind. Just consider this, Mo. The West Coast offense, all right, which is what the basis is of of Pat Shermer's scheme, is notoriously one of the least QB-friendly schemes 
of all time. And so when a quarterback comes in and has to learn a new, uh, let's say he comes from spread and has to learn West Coast, there's quite a, there's a, there's a true learning curve there to be assimilated. Now, in Drew and, and Shermer's case, that's, you can't really say that because Rich Gangarello, his scheme was West Coast. All right. It was a little bit different flavor, of course, than, than Shermer's because Rich was more about the two tight ends. He was more about the two backs at times, uh, more about just kind of the Mike Shanahan version. All right. Almost of the uh, West Coast. Whereas Pat is more, is more, um, spread oriented, but it's still the core <clears throat> philosophy, the play calls. Drew Zach, he had a point of reference. He wasn't brand new learning what the West Coast was all about. This was at least you could say his second year in a West Coast offense. So, you know, I get it. Pat Shermer's scheme, West Coast, it's not the easiest thing to assimilate. But in Drew's defense, this wasn't his first go around, his first exposure to a West Coast offense. You know, a lot of the nomenclature is the same and where it is different. You know, I don't think it's that big of a of a leap or a departure. I, I mean, how often did you see an RPO? How often did you see lock under center? How often did you see misdirection or creativity at all? It's one thing to run a West Coast system that's not conducive for young quarterbacks. It's another thing to have no imaginative play calling in your repertoire whatsoever, Chad. Literally, I can count on one hand how many times I said, wow, I wasn't expecting that. It wasn't a two-yard run on first down. It wasn't a pass on third down. It wasn't short of the sticks on third down. It's the same thing every single time. And I don't think a quarterback would change the core philosophy of who Pat Shermer is. Pat Shermer was great in the 2000s and the early 2010s. This is now 2021, and this is a much different football game now, much different quarterbacks, and it requires, I believe, a younger mindset that's more in tune with your player. When you're 58 years old, it's hard to relate to a 24-year-old, however young Locke is. I think the name of the game in the modern NFL the coaches who get it, all right, are the coaches that have that epiphany that it's not scheme over player, it's player over scheme. Yes, I have my scheme, but I got to cater this to the strengths of my players. Yes. Those coaches that understand that are the ones that succeed. The ones that resist it, the ones that think it's my way or the highway, those are the ones that flame out and struggle. Um, and by the way, before I grab Andy here, I just wanted to say from uh, from Mark Langley real quick here. Mark, by the way, it was good to see you, Doc, in uh, – what was it? Dove Valley Deep Divers, I think, Friday night. It was good to see that, my dog. You know what I'm saying? Appreciate you. All right, Andy Young. In today's NFL, you get three to four years to show you are the guy. If they're still dumbing down the offense in year two, you're probably not going to make it. Well, again, Andy, that's assuming that it's there's even any truth right. to it. Right. Like I said before, if there is a kernel of truth, because oftentimes, even in these rumors that kind of come out of left field, there is a kernel of truth. And if there is one, Again, how can you separate, like, if there, if there was any issue, and we heard Pat Shermer, I don't have the quote right in front of me, maybe I'll pull it up for tomorrow night's show, but Pat Shermer did talk about how there were several buckets, several sections, let's say, in his playbook they were unable to install um, during training camp because they just didn't have time, that they tried to piecemeal uh, install as the season went along. A lot of that stuff, they didn't end up actually being able to succeed in the install and they had to bag it till this year. And so that's what I'm seeing as far as Drew, you say, Hey, if, if in year two, they're dumbing it down, you're probably not going to make it. You are completely 100% ignoring the elephant in the room, Zach, which is a pandemic that robbed you as a second year quarterback with a new offensive coordinator of those reps, the OTAs, the preseason and, 
you know, so you gotta, you gotta keep that in the picture when you make a comment like that. And, and that could have been how you just framed it. That could have been what was relayed to Pauline, or that could have been what Pauline's source initially heard. And then it becomes a game of telephone where lines get twisted and facts get skewed, and then it comes out that Locke had to dummy down the playbook. Again, it hasn't come out to this point. The Broncos haven't come out and said it. Locke hasn't come out and said it. And until that happens, until we have a little more veracity to this report, I'm not buying into it. I, I'm not going to be a sheep. I'm not going to be a mindless drone that believes everything I'm told. And I highly and strongly recommend that you don't, and I'm talking to everyone looking at me right now, you don't be that way either. Jess, good to see you, my friend. Bonafide superstar. He says, I'm going to be pissed off if our offense looks bad again. I feel you, but let me ask you this. What if the offense looks bad again and it's not Drew Locke, but a first-round quarterback or some other veteran that was acquired through <clears throat> Still Locke's fault, Chad. Still. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dale. Good to see you, my friend. Appreciate you. He says, Shermer's offense, uh, the DVOA is talking about football light outsiders and advanced analytic that they use to kind of grade and, and um, measure how good a unit is. Shermer's offense, DVOA rankings from 09 to 17, twice were in the top five. One season, it ranked 30, uh, 13th. Every other year, bottom five. Look, the thing about Pat Shermer, and the reason I was excited about the Broncos getting Pat Shermer, uh, was the his history with young quarterbacks and specifically what he did with Case Keenum in Minnesota in 2017? I liked that he was also had a had his fingerprints on the um, Nick Foles breakout season in 2013 under Chip Kelly, in which he went on to have a Pro Bowl year in his second year, and he passed for I want to say it was like 27 touchdowns to like three picks. It was insane um, efficiency. I liked what he's done with some of these young quarterbacks, but I was, which is what made me all the more stunned, Zach, to see his lack of success in connecting with Drew, and then also lack of success in scheming to, to, to strengths, not just with Drew, but with his with his players. I mean, the fact that a, a twice fired coach for the Browns and the Giants wasn't good in his first year with the Broncos, very underwhelming. Didn't surprise me at all. I thought the Broncos were very knee jerk and impulsive. They made the wrong move getting rid of Scangarello, and I believe they paid for it last year with Shermer. We can only hope that Shermer has some epiphany and he snapped into place. Maybe he has to watch enough TikTok videos to become more in tune with today's society or today's younger players. But unless that happens, it's going to be more of the same, regardless, like you said, of who's under center. Deshaun Watson, Zach Wilson, Drew Locke. If you have the coaching is terrible, it's a bad infrastructure for the rest of the team. Do you remember how Melvin Gordon was signed to be that pass-catching stud? All right, what if I told you that for $8 bucks, Melvin Gordon produced literally the worst receiving season of his career, All right? 32 catches, 158 yards, as Kenneth Booker points out here. Uh, receiving on 44 targets. I bet most people are going to blame Drew Locke for that. Most people will see that and they'll, they'll try and blame Drew. Brad, hey, good to see you, my friend. Uh, appreciated uh, appreciated your involvement yes. and support in Thank you. Uh, Kelper's Corner today. All right, a few more and then we got a dip. Christian, good to see you, a.k.a. Team Jokic on Super Chat. He says, sorry, guys, just woke up. Just want to hear your thoughts on the stud linebacker from Notre Dame. Uh Oh, shit. What's his name? Stand by. John's trying to tell you. What is it, John? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the uh, hybrid. JOK. Like him. Don't love him. Uh, in the first, anyway. Don't like him at all. He's there in the second round. 
you know, maybe, but I still prefer um, someone like Richie Grant. That's who I, I like Richie Grant, but it just, it just depends on, it just depends on what you do with uh, Simmons, what happens there. And it also depends on if you hold on to Kareem. Um, so I like him. Don't love him. I'm not sure he's really cut out to be a true off ball linebacker in the league quite yet. Yeah, I, I don't think he's going to last to the second, but I, I unless more comes to light on these, in the situation or the allegations, I'm still taking Micah Parsons over JOK. And on top of that, I'm probably taking Caleb Farley over Micah Parsons at number nine. So if they trade down into the teens, 15, 17, maybe JOK becomes a possibility, but I'm not taking him over other blue chippers. Uh, Tyler, again, thank you, my friend. Appreciate you. He says, honestly, Watson is a pipe dream. I've lived the dude. Since he was drafted, having a first, uh, I think he meant to say, I like that I've, I have liked the dude since he was drafted, loved, yeah, um, or loved, yeah. First, uh, having a first time, uh, GM that loves building through the draft, it's just not going to happen. Hashtag rebuilding the orange crush, fair point. I mean, he, George Payton, you talked about it, Zach, your, your terminology is more darts, and I know that's a ter- that's a phrase that. Eric Trickle has used as well. It just doesn't land like what we know about Peyton to go sell out your next three years as the first year GM to get Deshaun Watson. It doesn't jibe. All right. It doesn't line up. I got that phrase from George Peyton himself. He said that in his presser. So I'm just taking what he's telling us. And that's always been his philosophy. Even before he was hired, when he was a candidate, we all praise his draft acumen and what he brought to Minnesota. That wasn't going to change when he comes to Denver. And again, to think that a first-time GM, a first-year GM, a rookie GM, replacing John Elway, inheriting a roster that has holes everywhere, is going to come in and his first big move, give up three first-round picks, and gut the defense for Deshaun Watson. I think believing that is very naive. Donald Livermore, a name we do not recognize on Super Chat. So Welcome, Donald. Welcome. Thank you. Connect on Twitter, my friend. He says, if I was a second-year NFL quarterback on my sixth game, with a bunch of rookie and second-year players, I would want my playbook dumbed down too. give all those rookies a chance. I feel you. And I'm sure there was some elements of that. Like one of the jobs of any coach, whether you're on offense or defense, Jerry, good to see you, bro. Appreciate you, uh, is to make your scheme as consumable, as learnable, as intuitive as is possible. And I think Pat Shermer and Mike Shula, they probably – Tried to do that with everybody, including the including the quarterback. I'm telling you guys, we reported on the Tony Pauline issue, uh, the the rumor, uh, because it's worth it's it's worth it's worth putting it into the zeitgeist. It's worth putting it into the conversation. But I'm telling you right now, I don't believe it on its face. If what you if you interpret that rumor to say that Drew Locke doesn't have the football acumen to hang. I reject that utterly. I really do. I just don't think there's enough evidence there for you to jump to that conclusion. Now, if you interpret that as, yeah, that's, it's a little bit concerning, but it would make some sense in the in the aftermath or in the wake of a pandemic that robbed a second-year quarterback, as he illustrated there, starting his sixth game in, in week one of any offseason, any freaking preseason. I mean, they started the install four weeks before the first game. And, by the way, it wasn't a traditional training camp. They weren't out there the same number of reps and amount of time they would normally be because the NFLPA, right before uh, the camp opened, they strong-armed the NFL 
to accept a much less intensive training camp because there were no OTAs. So it's all part of the tapestry and Mo jumping in again, Pat Shermer's still living in the past. I can a billion percent except that Locke had a hand in last year's futility. I mean, anyone looking at the Broncos last year, they have to admit that, but I will not accept that it was solely Drew Locke and not on the coaching and not on any other outside circumstance. It was a collective failure. It wasn't just on one player or one circumstance. And I, it's delusional in my opinion. And there's people that fall in one of two camps. We either support Drew Locke or you're against Drew Locke. Well, I can see it both ways, as can you, Chad. It was a multifaceted issue last year. It starts with the coaching and trickles down to the players, as far as I'm concerned. All right, let me just double-check here. We got a couple. We'll grab them in a row. Um, first, we got to grab Rello. Appreciate you, my friend. Better late than never, jumping in at the 11th hour. It's great to see you. He says, good stream, hashtag keep lock. Really appreciate that, bro. And then we've got the uh, – we got Muhammad. John, you got it queued up. I'm just going to grab it right here. Super sticker from Muhammad. Good job. Appreciate you, Doc. It does mean a lot to us. We really do appreciate the support and the kind words. And uh, let me see here. There's one more from Muhammad. Um, We'll grab Castillo first. It's Castillo. And then one last one from Muhammad. Good to see you, Mr. Castillo. He says, good evening, fam. Go Avs and Nuggets tonight. Amen, bro. Good to see you, by the way. And if you're on Twitter, connect, my friend. All right, here's the parting message. All right, Zach, feel better from Muhammad. He says, feel better, Dragon. And, uh, we do appreciate that, Mohammed. So, yes. guys, that's got to do it for tonight's episode of the Huddle Up Podcast. We weren't able to get to the Chris Harris story. We'll we'll get to it tomorrow night. We'll talk about uh, what he had to say and give you our takes on on him kind of laughing at Broncos country. If you're one of those just like pining away about Deshaun Watson landing in Denver, Chris Harris thinks uh, he, he considers that to be an LOL proposition. We'll talk more about that tomorrow night. But Zach, hey. We're starting. We're firing off a fresh week of podcasting. We'll see how uh, this week turns out in terms of what other rumors and yep. news bits pop day to day. I'm sure we'll have some sort of speculation, some sort of rumor, you know, as the Watson turns uh, every single day. But we look forward to starting a new week, Chad. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow night, six o'clock Mountain, eight o'clock Eastern, and uh, like we said, Chris Harris Jr. I don't know what happened to him. I mean, he's like a jilted ex. He just won't stop talking about the Broncos, and he's it's almost like an obsession that he wants to like belittle Denver because of what he's on the chargers. Now his play has fallen off. He is a shadow of his former self, but we will save most of that for tomorrow's episode. We'll bring the fire. I will be my dragon self mom. And I appreciate your support. Chad, hope you have a great night, John. I hope you have a great night. We will see you guys then take care. Mile high salute. And as always go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, 
the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 